Welcome to the Shalhaba Community Church Podcast. We hope you're encouraged by the following message. Forward, and I want you to open up your Bibles this morning, if you would, to the book of Ephesians, chapter 4, uh, verses 25. We're going to be kicking into this morning. But like we said during the worship, so glad that you made the decision to come uh, and worship with us today. Our prayer for every service within Shell Harbor Community Church is that you, as we share the Word of God, would receive something from God that would bless your life and build your life. Amen. And we've been going through uh, the book of Ephesians now for four months, verse by verse. Um, It has been quite an encouraging journey and at times quite a challenging journey as well. Some of the things that we've discussed have been quite challenging, but we've looked at Paul's writings and they contain two aspects that we've been looking at. The first aspect is the importance of having sound doctrine, sound teaching, amen, from chapters 1 to 3. Then 3 to 6, he starts to talk about application, applying what we're learning to our lives. Uh, So that's what we've been looking at and this thought of uh, not just understanding the Word of God but applying the Word of God is found in a number of other places in the New Testament. In fact, we see um, in the teachings of Jesus in Matthew chapter 7, Jesus says something very particular and interesting about the Word of God because he says this, he says, uh, He or she who hear these sayings of mine and does them, all right, listen to that, he or she that hears allows yourself to hear the word of God and does them. So hearing, understanding the word of God, then applying the word of God. Jesus goes on to tell the story that he likens a person that hears the word of God and does the word of God to an individual that built their house upon the rock. Amen? They built their house upon a solid foundation. And when the wind came and the storms of life came and the challenges came and the divorce came and the bankruptcy came and all the disease came and all that hard stuff that comes in life, Jesus said those that hear his word and apply his word will be likened people that have built their house upon a solid foundation. But then he goes on to say as well, in verse uh, chapter uh, uh, Matthew chapter 7, he goes on to say that he or she that hears the word of God and does not apply the word of God shall be likened as an individual that built their house upon the sand. The storms of life came, the difficulties of life came, the hard times came, the, 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 the trials came in life, but because their life wasn't built upon the rock, because they were just hearing the word of God and not applying the word of God, when the storms came, their life fell over, their house fell over. We could probably finish there this morning. And some of us are probably going, that'd be nice. But we have a few more thoughts just before we do. So we see Paul challenging the church about not just being hearers and doers. We see also Jesus bringing a a challenge to us, a warning to us, that if we just come to church and hear the word and just get all tickled and goosebumpy and woo, the Holy Spirit... And all of that, and then we walk out there and we don't apply it to our lives. He's saying basically we're foolish. Our lives won't withstand the storms and the trials that eventually and ultimately will affect us. Amen? Who knows if you've been around for long enough, who knows what tomorrow will bring? But if we're hearing the word and we're building our lives upon the word, when the strong or when the hard stuff comes, we'll be able to stand through it. Amen. In fact, we see this um, other thought about hearing and applying the word of God before we jump into the main text this morning. We'll get there in a moment, so just let me have a little bit of fun. Uh, But it goes, we see um, um, uh, a further 
where we see in the book of James, James also challenging Christians, believers, about the importance of not just having faith, but having works associated or attached to it. Because we see uh, James' teaching in uh, the book of James chapter 2. It says this, For as the body without the spirit is dead, so faith without works is dead also. So we have, we have here we have uh, Paul through Ephesians challenging the church about understanding and applying. We have Jesus through the Gospels challenging us about understanding and applying. We have James in his, his writings to the church as well about understanding the importance of not only hearing but applying the Word of God. Amen. And so I think today as we, we jump into this um, verse of text this morning, we need to understand that as we hear these words that are about to be presented to us, as we read the Word of God, that we're not meant just to go, well, it's really, really some, some nice words there, but we're meant to take the Word of God to heart and then look at how we apply it through and out of, out of our lives, amen. How do we hear it? And then how do we apply it? And I hope this morning as we, we come around this one topic that we'll get to in a moment or two's time, I hope it'll be a great challenge to us, amen, that we can really look at how do we apply it, amen. So we, we, we launch, launch into this verse this morning. Um, in my Bible, the best one, the New King James Version by far, um, it starts the verse from chapters 4 through to 25 to 32, and it starts with a topic or a heading that I think is very important for us to take a moment just to reflect on. Because before we start to read the verses, this is what the heading is of the verses that are following the topic. And it says this, Do not grieve the Holy Spirit. Right, you got it? Yep, I got it. So that's the topic to these verses. The introduction is do not grieve the Holy Spirit. To grieve means to make sad or to be sorrowful. So Paul's saying from the outset, before we jump into the text here, he says, uh, don't make the Holy Spirit to be sad or to be sorrowful. Paul says, don't make the Holy Spirit sorrowful. Then he goes on to tell us how we can avoid grieving the Holy Spirit. Is anyone out there this morning that, that wants to grieve the Holy Spirit? Wouldn't have thought so. Anyone out there this morning that wants to please the Holy Spirit? Yeah, I think that'd be a cool thing. So let's have a look this morning at what we should do and should not do in order to not grieve the Holy Spirit. So if you've got your Bibles, let's have a look at verse 25. It'll be up on the screen there. Starting again, Paul speaking to the church in Ephesus. He says this, Therefore, put away lying. Let each one of you speak truth with his neighbor. For we are members of one another. You Be angry and do not sin. Don't let the sun go down on your wrath, nor give place to the devil. The thought is this. If you go to bed angry, the sun goes down. The next morning the sun comes up again. What will the sun be shining upon your anger? Great advice. Don't go to bed angry. Amen. Hello? Husbands, wives? Ah, oh, that wouldn't be me or you. Don't. Excuse me, be angry and do not sin. Don't let the sun go down on your wrath. Nor give place to the devil. 
Verse 28, Let him who stole steal no longer, but rather let him labour, working with his hands what is good, that they may have something to give him who is in need. We should encourage more of that in our country. Amen. Let no corrupt word proceed out of your mouth, but what is good for necessary edification, building people up, that it may impart grace to the hearers. Verse 30, And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God, by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Let all bitterness... Wrath, anger, clamour, shouting, and evil speaking put away from you with all malice and be kind to one another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, even as God in Christ forgave you. So the question that I want to pose to you this morning is this, and we are doing so well for time. I reckon we'll be finished early this morning. Hallelujah. The question I want to pose to you is this, how is the Holy Spirit grieved? Great question, because Paul tells us don't, grieve the Holy Spirit. I want to say this morning, the answer to that is this. The Holy Spirit is grieved when we don't love our spiritual family. The Holy Spirit is grieved when we fail to love our spiritual family. I want to draw out a few words from the verses here in the top part of that text there. It says, for we are members of one another. We are members of one another. In Christ, we are now brothers and sisters in him. Remember Paul's teaching in the first parts of that he challenged the church in the early writings there to no longer see ourselves as Gentiles or to see ourselves as Jews. No longer are we Jews and Gentiles. Now we are one in Christ. Amen. We're part of God's family. You and I are related. Scary thought. <laughs> you and I are brothers and sisters. What the heck? You mean we're all related? Yeah. Hello? In fact, I challenge you. Look to the person next to you and tell them we're part of the family. See, only about half of you could do that. Only about half of you could do that then. That's pathetic. Scary, but true. The Holy Spirit is grieved when we don't understand what it means to love our spiritual families. Scary thought, but it's true. You and I are going to spend a whole much more time with our spiritual families than we are with our earthly families. You're not liking that this morning, for some of you, I can tell you. But that's the truth today. We are going to spend eternity with our spiritual families. And it's so important that we understand that. In fact, I love the thought of, of being one in Christ during the week. I had the joy of sitting with Vio. We were having a, 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 didn't have a coffee. We had water and something else to eat. But we were just talking about faith and work and those sorts of connections that take place. And... Then we just both come to the conclusion, it doesn't matter where you go in the world and what language the people might speak, when Christ is in you and Christ is in them, there's that common connection. It doesn't matter if you can't speak Bislama or Pidgin, I can't. I'm just, I try, me fella blong you, that's about it. Or I know the kids' names are uh, Pikininis and food is Kai Kai, uh, but other than that... I've got 
not much hope. But you know what? I go over there and all I've got to do is just sit with them and feel the fellowship and feel the connection and feel the Christ in them and the Christ in me and there's that connection there. Why? Because we're family. The Holy Spirit is grieved when we don't love our spiritual family. Hallelujah. Um, what else do I know? Uh, huh? Oh, get moving. Oh, I thought I was getting a directive from the boss then. Come on, uh, look, I, we'll, we'll finish very shortly, but this is so important. We grieve the Holy Spirit when we don't love our spiritual families. And whether you like it or not, you good-looking thing, if, if you've accepted Jesus into your life, I'm your brother. I might be a big brother to some of you. I might be a small brother to some of you. But I'm your brother. And Robin, she's your sister. Oh, this is getting scary. I wish I had have slept in. Watch that Netflix show. It would have been so better. But it's true. Our strength is found in our understanding of who we are all together in Christ. We're not just individuals that rock up on a Sunday morning. No, we're the family of God. Amen. And that's why in those texts there, Paul says, don't grieve the Holy Spirit. Because he talks about how, how we're to treat one another, how we're to act with one another. It's so challenging. And, you know, the challenge this morning I want to just give you this morning is, do you come to church on a Sunday to listen to a message? Or do you come to church on Sunday to be with your family? Amen? I thought he's come to tell me to get off the stage. I was worried about that. <laughs> Time. <Whoop. laughs> Paul's writings, I want to read this scripture to you this morning. In 1 Timothy chapter 3, verse 13, he says, I'm writing so that you will know how to live in the family of God. That family is the church. Listen to it there. That family is the church. The word their family and church are interlinked. We, in the church here, are a family. It's not a building. It's not an institution. It's not an organization. It's not a club. It's a family. And the Holy Spirit wants us to love our spiritual family. That's why the Holy Spirit is grieved when we don't love our spiritual family. Listen to the words that Paul goes on with. He says, And be kind-hearted to one another, be tender-hearted, forgiving one another, even as God in Christ forgave you. Look at the verses there. Kind, tender-hearted, forgiving. And the comparison of God's attitude towards us through Christ is meant to be the same attitude that we have to others. But some Christians or many Christians are so bereft of kindness, they wouldn't give you the wave or a wave if they owned the ocean. We are family. I'm not going to do it. We, I can't do it. Goodness, I'm, I look, I tell you, I'm so tempted. Tom, take a video of this now. I'm going to sing a song. No, I'm just joking. <laughs> Put it up on Facebook. 
with family. And the Holy Spirit is grieved when we don't love one another. How does God want me to view people in the church? Most Christians know John 3.16. What's John 3.16? Someone blurted out to me. Believe in him, will not perish, but have everlasting. Thanks very much. <laughs> Thanks, mate. But not many Christians know 1 John 3.16. Let me share it with you this morning. 1 John 3.16. How does God want me to view others, uh, other people in the church, in my church? Uh, it says this in John, 1 John chapter 3, verse 16. We know what real love is because Christ gave up his life for us. And we ought to, ought to give up our lives for our Christian brothers and sisters. Wow. So how does God want us to view each other in the church? He wants us to view each other as brothers and sisters in his family. The Holy Spirit is grieved when we don't love one another. Why? Because Christ, in Christ, we are now family. 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 So three little thoughts and then we're done this morning. How do, how, how do I love my spiritual family? With my thoughts. Mm -hmm, that's a good start. Yep. I love Andy. Brother. Amen. Big Dave Hunter. How do, I, how do I love my family? A few thoughts this morning and we conclude. Number one, how do I love my spiritual family? Well, first thing is this. We need to choose to belong. We need to choose to belong. Ephesians chapter 2.19 says, Now you are no longer strangers to God and foreigners of heaven, but you are members of God's very own family. Choosing to belong is where you find a local church and you begin to attend and you start to get connected. Amen. That's the first thing. I don't, I don't know where you're from this morning. I know a lot of faces and other faces I don't know this morning. Can I encourage you with all of my heart, the first way that you can begin to love God's spiritual family is to be connected to a local church. Amen. I'm preaching better than you're amening. Hebrews 10.24 says, And do not neglect our meeting together, as some people do, and encourage one another, especially now as they see the day of Christ's return, uh, Christ's return drawing near. Christ loved the church and gave his life for it. Being a member of a church is where we begin to learn what it means to grow. Amen. You come and you be a part of a local church. That's the first way that you start to love the, 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 your spiritual family. You can't love your spiritual family in isolation. You can't do it. People that say that I'm a Christian but I don't go to church, I just go, I don't get that. I, I don't get that anywhere in Scripture. We're called to be a part of the body and contribute to the body. Book of Romans talks about that. Paul in Ephesians talks about it. There's so many examples. I just, I just think it's just crazy Christianity. Because you can't grow in isolation. You can only grow in a community. Amen. Hallelujah. That's where you come to church and your name's Shane. And then you meet this lady called Sandpaper Sally. And every time I come to church, she rubs me up the wrong way. I don't want to... I wouldn't do that. But I want to deflate her tires because she just annoys me so much. But God's wanting to use sandpaper Sally to make me grow. 
Or bushy bearded Bob. There's no bushy bearded Bobs in here, is there? <laughs> Hello? You love your spiritual family by belonging. I've, I've been... Uh, our experience and observation has told and shown over 20-odd years of being in this role... The healthiest Christians on the planet, by far, are those that are planted in a local church. But there are too many people. I was sitting during the week on uh, Thursday with the, uh, the Illawarra Pastors Network across the bridge. Please forgive me. I did, though. I went to Wollongong. And um, I sat there with Ian Barnett from the Fig Tree Anglican Church uh, Warwick Marsh was there, Hinky Wajaja. Could never understand a word he says, but I love the man, Hinky Wajaja. Um, there was the Hillsong leader there. Uh, there was the Salvation Army guy from Wollongong. And, who was, and then there was um, City Life Church in Wollongong. Um, quite significant leaders across Wollongong. And they were all talking about the transient growth all, all the time. That was one of, the, one of the observations of the area. Transient growth all the time. People coming and going. Floating Christians going here and there. Going from one church to the next. They get upset with the pastor and they go somewhere else. You know, that's a blessing from God when you get upset from the pastor. It is. It's from the Lord. Not from the pastor, but from the Lord. But it was interesting just to hear their observations about our area, that there's such transient growth, people going from here to there. But listen to the book of Psalms as we move on to the second thought. Psalms chapter 92, 13 to 14, it says this, Those who are planted in the house of the Lord shall flourish in the courts of our God. They shall still bear fruit after 50 years of age. They shall be fresh and flourishing. Hallelujah. I like that. That's me. Hallelujah. Planted. So how do you love your spiritual family? You choose to belong. Whether it's this church or another church, wherever it may be, don't be a transient floating Christian. Find the house, find the local church, plant yourself in it. Amen. Second thing, how do we, how do we learn to love our spiritual family? And the second thought is we, we go through the process of understanding what it means to learn to share. Acts chapter 2 verse 44 says this, And all the believers met together constantly and shared everything with each other. We learn what it means to share. You would think that that would be just an obvious, you know, duh. But I want to say this morning, it's not. We need to understand what it means to learn to share. And what are some of the things that we're meant to share? Well, the first thought is our experiences. Proverbs chapter 27, verse 17 says, People learn from one another just as iron sharpens iron. We've all got experiences to share with others, amen, so that hopefully people won't make the same mistakes. The Bible wants us to share. God encourages us to share our experiences one to another, amen. Another area that we're meant to share are our homes, amen. I'm glad it, says, it doesn't say our boats. It says our homes. I think that's super cool. Thank you, Lord, amen. It doesn't say our boats, so that's good. Oh, off the hook there. But our homes, 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 9 says, cheerfully share your home with those who need a meal or a place to stay. So we're meant to learn what it means to share our homes as well. You strain thought that our home is our castle. Your home is not your home. It's 
Move on. So we're meant to share our homes. Another thing as well, just as we get ready to conclude this morning, is we're meant to share with each other our problems as well. Galatians chapter two, verse, chapter 6, verse 2 says, Share each other's troubles and problems, and in this way, obey the law of Christ. Amen. I reckon that there'd be a whole heap more healthier Christians if we learnt what it meant to share our problems with one another, rather than just pretending that everything's all right all the time. Life happens. So we're meant to share, learn what it means to share. That's how we love our spiritual family. The third thought this morning about how do we not grieve the Holy Spirit by loving our spiritual families is thirdly this morning here, uh, doing my part. Amen. Partnership is realising that I have something to contribute to the life and the health of the church. Ephesians chapter 4 verse 16 says, Under his direction the whole body is fitted together perfectly. As each part does its own special work, it helps the other parts grow so that the whole body is healthy and growing and full of love. They're not meant to be any armchair norms in the church. Each believer has a, an obligation to help with the working of the building of God's kingdom. Amen? Now, I don't think any of my children are here. That's good. I can talk about them. Oh, sorry, there's one at the back. Oh, sorry, they are both here. All right. <laughs> Dash. A great illustration just lost. Just kidding. Just kidding. We all have a part to play. Amen? Many years ago, a, a good friend, he was um, in the church, loved the man, great, great man of faith. He was going to be a... Um, um, a a basketball player for one of the college teams in the States, obviously quite tall, uh, injured his knee, didn't go any further with it. But one day he was just sitting with me and going, well, I don't, I don't know how to serve or where to Excuse me, I don't know where to serve. I said, well, just start anywhere. <laughs> so he did. And fell in love with it. One of the best ways to be connected and loving your spiritual family is serving and doing your part, amen. Hallelujah. I'd say this as I conclude this morning. I believe <clears throat> God wants us to love our spiritual family as much as we love our natural families. That's tight. Sound like an American preacher now. But that's right. Amen? You're perfect? No. God wants us to love our spiritual family. Do not grieve the Holy Spirit. Don't make him sad. Don't make him sorrowful. Why is that? Because the Holy Spirit has the perspective of... of who Christ is in us 
and the Father's plan for us to be a part of his family. And when he sees brothers and sisters in Christ not being kind to one another, not being tender-hearted towards one another, not forgiving one another, it must break his heart because he's got the bigger picture. Amen? So we conclude this morning. I'll just ask the, 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 the team to come back up. That would be great. Just as we were just finishing um, preparing um, this encouragement, hopefully today, <laughs> hope it is, really just as, as I was driving here this morning, um, have a little ritual on a Sunday morning. I love to go down to Cowries and just imagine what it would be like to be on a surfboard with my hair <laughs> riding down the wave, hanging out with cool people like Marty Daniels and others like that. That'll never happen. I just imagine it. I don't even know which way it'd be. Anyway, who cares? But I got this word this morning that I just want to speak out and over. Sometimes people um, don't understand the power of loving their spiritual family because of ignorance. We just don't understand the depth to what we've been called to. But then there are another category of people this morning that the, word, the, the, the Lord gave me a word this morning and it's real, and it happens, and it's sad when it happens, and should it happen? No, but it does. People get hurt. And that hurt gets on the inside, and that, that limits their ability to be able to love their spiritual family because they're hurt. And I just felt this morning, there are a few people here this morning that have been hurt, I say to you, 100% heads up. If I've hurt you, I am so sorry. Never, ever been our intention. If I've hurt you, I'm sorry. Please forgive me. But you might be here this morning and you've, you've just had an experience in the past where you've been hurt. Things sometimes happen in church that shouldn't happen and it's just sad when they do happen. Wrong things can go, go on. Bad things can take place. Bad decisions, wrong judgments are made and people get hurt because of that. And then that hurt stops them from loving God's church because you're hurt. And I just felt this morning that the Holy Spirit just wants to say to us this morning that he gets it, but he's wanting you this morning to give it, to let it go. Because hurts will stop us from loving the spiritual family. Amen? Can we just bow our heads this morning? It's the moment right now that we could just hope goes very quickly and we could escape to the courtyard or to home. But maybe, maybe right now, you know that there's a hurt or hurts there that's holding you back, that's stopping you from going forward.
Well, just before God this morning, I believe the Holy Spirit wants to encourage us to let go of those hurts. To give them to Him. If you are hurting this morning, then can I encourage you before God right now in your heart, Say, God, I don't want to be hurt anymore. I, I just want to give that stuff up. I want to let it go. And I want to be free to love my spiritual family. Because I don't want to grieve you any longer. So just give it to him this morning. We thank you, Lord. We thank you. You're so faithful. So faithful. Hallelujah. Amen. Life's too short to live in hurts. True? Amen. <laughs>